Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I am joined, as always, from the beautiful city of Omaha by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max. Grandpa, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. And you know what? This is a very special day. You know that, don't you? Yes, it is. It's Mrs. Husker Dan's birthday. <laughs> Who would be your grandmother? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had some, uh, well, Brian was over here with, uh, this is this is my, my uncle. Yeah. Yeah. My grands, my son. And he brought over uh, Sydney, his three-year-old. So we had some cake and ice cream and uh, you're not supposed to do that at 10 in the morning, but you know, what the heck. <laughs> Who cares? It's grandma and grandpa's house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on. You know, when, when we started doing this thing, I thought January, it's off season. What is it, What are we going to talk about? And it seems like every week, it's like we could talk for, I don't know, an hour just on maybe one yeah. subject. We have several subjects I mean, today. We we definitely could talk an hour about this USC-UCLA thing. Oh, uh, wow. So USC, if, if you didn't hear the news, this was, I believe, two two days ago. Yeah. Uh, USC and UCLA moved uh, to, are going to be moving to the Big Ten in 2024. Uh, so as, as, I, as Grandpa said, we could do a whole hour about this. Uh, we probably will do some episode where we research it more and kind of think about the impacts more. Uh, but maybe towards the end of the season uh, when we don't have these previews to do and stuff like that. Um, but just for right now, um, USC with, if I assume Lincoln Riley is going to stay on there until 2024. Uh-huh. So bringing USC in when two years ago, it would have seemed like USC would have got slaughtered in the big 10. Yeah. They'll still struggle, I think, but they're going to be better after having four years of Lincoln Riley being there and pulling all the guys like he pulled Caleb Williams there. Um, and then he can get all the transfers to decommit from Oklahoma, bring him to USC, and then start his own uh, recruiting in USC, which is a, a hotbed of talent there in California. And also, this gives Nebraska a great opportunity to recruit more in California because you're going to be playing games out there now. Yep. So Absolutely. that's that's a big plus for for Nebraska and their and their recruiting. Uh, Grandpa, what do you what are you thinking of this move? I think it's fantastic. There are many, many Husker fans, uh, alum, alumni, and so on in the state of California. This will be a huge boost for them. This is this is going to be awesome. I used to live in Southern California, and uh, uh, there was a organization still is there. It's California's for Nebraska, <clears throat> and um, I used to listen to the radio broadcast because not all the games were televised. Yeah, so, uh, there's a legion of, of uh, rabid Husker fans out there. So that is going to be a huge plus. And I, I was just thinking about the plus is going to be exciting because you're going to be playing in the Rose Bowl. That's where UCLA plays its games. Yeah. And um, and then, you, as you said, that recruiting, which is going to be great. But but Nebraska or a Michigan or Ohio State going out to Southern California in late November or anytime November it's cold uh, back here and it's going to be like they've died and gone to heaven. we had not had that in the big 10 the, the the big 12 you could go down to Baylor you could go to Texas uh, you could go to Texas Tech and the weather yeah. there in, in November would still be pretty balmy so it's going to be and then and then conversely it's going to be interesting to see a Southern Cal and a UCLA come to uh, Ohio State and and uh, East Lansing and, and Lincoln 
you know, in, you know, in a late November game and it's, uh, you know, they have to deal with the weather. Everybody's going to be trying to play those two teams because it's just, it'd be great for fans. Those are two legendary, you know, yeah. programs. UCLA, not as much in football, uh, but in basketball, that's going to be interesting. They're going to be a, um, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, yeah. Southern Cal, not in basketball, but, you know, well, still, still somewhat in basketball. They made the last, USC made the last two tournaments, I believe, as a, this year's was, I think they made it as a seven seed. And then last year they made it as a six yeah. seed. So, yeah, but I, they, have, they don't bring the tradition that. that uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just exciting. Uh, you and I were talking before the, the uh, broadcast and that Notre Dame, I think will be, you know, the next shoe to drop. Don't you, th- don't you figure? Yeah. And I think they flirted with this kind of stuff in, um, in 2020 during the COVID season where they had to join a conference to schedule anything and they joined the ACC uh, and did very well and lost to Clemson in the ACC championship game. But um, I mean, I think Notre Dame's probably going to join the big 10. It, I don't see them joining the SEC because one, I think they know that the SEC, the competition level is way too high for that program, the, where it sits right now. Right. And I think that they just geographically speaking, they're more in that big 10 range than they are in the sec or uh, ACC range. I guess, I, I guess ACC kind of, but not really. Um, they're it's in Indiana. Is that correct? Am I thinking yeah. of, yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you're in that big 10 range, so I would see them joining the big 10. And I think really what this has come down to after this, the USC and UCLA coming over to the big 10 and then Oklahoma and Texas going to the sec uh, in 2022, I think 2023, I forget what year. Um, But it's basically just going to become two big super conferences like the NFL is where you have the AFC and the NFC and the NFL. It's going to be the sec and the big 10 in college football. I think that that's been kind of prevalent for a long time. You've just had to have the dominoes start to fall. And I think USC and UCLA coming to the big 10 is one domino falling and that kind of was set in motion by Oklahoma and Texas going to the sec. And then I think Notre Dame's that next domino to fall, as you were saying. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be those three bigger dominoes are going to push everything else. Uh, and I think probably in the next 10 years, college football is going to look much different conference layout wise, uh, than, than it has for the past 20 years. So what do you what's what's the effect of the fans? You know, if the, if the fans aren't happy, then nobody's going to be happy. But what do you think of Joe Blow sitting there going to games and watching and you know, on his television? Of these two super conferences or USC and UCLA? Well, just the the transition of of college football. Are they going to be you know they're not going to be turned off by this, or do you think it's going to be enhance their experience? I think it's going to enhance their experience because you get better teams in the same conference. You can schedule better games and higher caliber games than more people want to watch. So it's way more exciting because you get some weeks where there's like a total off week in college football. That doesn't happen a lot, but there are some weeks where Alabama's playing some weird FCS school, Georgia's playing some weird FCS school, they're playing Vanderbilt or something like that. Uh, And so you get some off weeks I think if you add in all these teams where you just stack these conferences with great teams, there's going to be, there's a very high percentage chance of there being a great game that everyone's going to want to watch every single week. 
which is just amazing for fans because that's what we love. We love really close games that are exciting between two great teams that are title contenders. So the more you stack those conferences, the more that you're going to get that kind of result and that kind of game. And that's why those non-conference games, they try to schedule games that will like, for example, uh, Penn state and Auburn, they played that game last year. They're playing it again this year. Uh, people want to see that. Those are two high caliber programs. Yep. Uh, so big 10 against sec. That's like basically the biggest you can get. So people want to watch that stuff. There's, they're not just scheduling that to make their schedule harder. They're doing it to make more money as well as make their team look better if they win that game. Well, and, and, you know, you talk about, you know, obviously fan interest and that generates more eyes, you know, eyes on the TV sets and, and so on. The, uh, the big 10 is about to sign a billion dollar contract, uh, you know, television rights. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a billion with a B. And I would think with the addition of those two schools, it's going to be even a greater amount. I don't know what that's going to be, but uh, yeah. yeah, everything is, is being motivated and moved by money, which is, that's fine. And, and I agree with yeah. you. I think there are going to be some great games. The, 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 the downside of this, probably the only one I can think of, is uh, from Piscataway, New Jersey to to Los Angeles is 2,800 miles. Yeah, that's so true. Then, You're going to get some weird travel times, but yeah. I think now with modern transportation, it really isn't that much of a problem. So, I mean, you play like those non-conference games, you can have Auburn and Penn state play and they're basically on opposite sides of the country, just the top and the bottom. Uh, I guess they're closer than uh, Rutgers and UC USC and UCLA would be, but I think it's not going to be that big of a problem. Just logistically, it seems like a little bit of a nightmare at first, but as soon as you get all those flight schedule and everything, I think it'll work out fine. So I think uh, the, uh, the attendance for Southern Cal and, uh, and UCLA is going to, I believe, skyrocket. Yeah. They're used to, you're used to playing. They don't play in front of that many people when Southern Cal and, and the Bruins get together for their annual contest. Yeah. They'll maybe sell it out if, you know, but, but they'll have a lot of people there, but uh, normally football is not a real big deal. And I got to think that Lincoln Riley, and I don't know who the coach of uh, UCLA. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. That's right. He's yes, yeah. that's correct. From Oregon. Correct. Um, you know, that that's, they're going to be pleased with, uh, I believe, the uh, just the additional people who are going to be interested in that sport. And if Michigan comes out or Nebraska comes out, you're going to see sellouts. Uh, it's that's it's going to be a big deal. I'm, I'm, ex I'm pumped up about this. I really am. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, and as I, as I said, I think that we'll have to spend more time talking about this U, USC-UCLA thing on another episode and really just dive deep into the, the effects of what this is going to have on the Big Ten and then college football as a whole. Uh, so, yeah, we got one other thing uh, in our upfront news segment. Uh, the Nebraska, uh, Nebraska got a 2023 commit, a three-star wide receiver, uh, Barry Jackson from Georgia. Uh, Grandpa, what, do you, what, what should the people know about him? Well, I just looked at highlights of, of his uh, his playing, and uh, he doesn't. The first thing that stands out, he doesn't have breakaway or blazing speed, at least that I can tell. You don't know who he's going up against, but uh, he returns punts and kickoffs. 
But the thing that I, I think that you, you'll, you'll see when you look at his highlights is he's tough and he has great hands. Now, he's a buck 75 and 5'11". He's going to have to probably put on some weight before he plays, get in the Husker Nutrition and, and weight program. Yeah. 175 pounds. He's, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he bulks up another 15, maybe 20 pounds, something like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to play at a college level, you need to be, especially wide receiver, you need to be about 200, uh, 205 maybe, um, depending on what kind of receiver you're going to be in college in the pros. But yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's all we have for upfront news segment. Unless you have anything else, Grandpa, that you have nope. on that. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, our main subject for today, which is the secondary and we're going to do a preview of that. This is our second to last, uh, I guess, group preview. Yep. Uh, this one's kind of lumping together a bunch of different uh, rooms. It's not the, we're not going to break it down by the cornerback safeties and defensive backs uh, in single episodes. It's just going to be all in this one. Uh, so we'll start with the players that left the program uh, slash got drafted, that kind of thing. Uh, so this is what we're losing. We lost most notably Cam Taylor Britt, uh, who got drafted by the Bengals in the second round. Uh, he was an absolute menace last year. He had been for the past three years. So that is a big uh, loss for Nebraska. His numbers don't really show too much of like his impact. Uh, they, they kind of are a little bit of a disservice to the player that he is. He only had 51 tackles, three TFLs, one sack and 11 PBUs, one interception and one block kick last year. Uh, so it doesn't, those numbers don't pop at you that much, but he was everywhere on the field. They don't count. The, the only way they count pass breakups is if you get your hand in front of the ball, he caused so many more drop balls because of how tight he was on a defender and they just couldn't get their hands up and catch it. He just didn't touch it. Um, so he, that's that's a big loss of in the cornerbacks uh, corner especially, uh, and then we also had Nadab Joseph. He just left the team in January. I didn't find out why. Do you know, Grandpa? I do not know. Okay, so he just left the team uh, in in January. Um, so and then safeties, uh, Mason Neiman left. Uh, Markeldis Mute graduated. I couldn't find out anything for where he went. I don't think he ended up in the NFL. Uh, he had 32 consecutive starts, 46 tackles, one INT and one block kick in, uh, in the previous season. Uh, so him and Cam Taylor Britt were kind of the two veteran anchors of that uh, cornerback and safety room because Markel Dismuke played some cornerback, played some safety. Uh, Grandpa and I were talking before we started recording today and uh, he was asking me just, just if I knew, uh, and I, I just gave my guess on this, but he was asking if the cornerbacks and safeties, is that's an interchangeable thing uh, for, from what I know, my guess is that it is because I remember Markel Dismuke playing defensive back some because uh, he has, he has, uh, oh, he doesn't have any pass breakups. So, uh, but I mean, he has an interception. So I, I don't know it. I think that they, it depends on where the safeties are on the field that they can kind of seem like cornerbacks at one point, I guess, cornerbacks are more on the receiver from the line of scrimmage. So, uh, yeah. And then, yeah. So Markel just graduated. That's another big loss for Nebraska. Uh, and then another big loss 
Deontay Williams, uh, he was injured after eight games, uh, but he still had 46 tackles, two TFLs, four INTs, and three PBUs. So his impact could have been even more after uh, if, if, he, if he didn't get injured that year. But we got to talk to him. He's, uh, he got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, yeah, that, that was uh, – I mean, that was just another big loss. Those, the three guys that Nebraska lost that were going to hurt the most, Cam Taylor, Britt, Deontay Williams, and Markel Dismuke, those guys – uh, just name value. There's not really a lot of like I was looking at these names on the uh, little sheet that Grandpa provided here for me of the defensive backs coming in, and only one I kind of recognized was Quentin Newsom. Uh, everyone else I I didn't hadn't really heard of. I guess Miles Miles Farmer fits in that too, but he played uh, safe. He plays safety, and then Noah Pola Gates, uh, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but yeah, and then other defensive backs that left the program. I don't know what the difference is between a cornerback and a defensive back. I just think of them as the same thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that most people can just think of them as the same thing uh, as long as we're not having to coach this position. So uh, yeah, Malik Williams, AJ Collins and Peyton Wheeler all left the defensive backs room. Um, did they all graduate? Do you know? I have no idea. I, I okay. just tried to find as much as I could and they didn't play much so it's i don't think it's any kind of a loss but no but, definitely uh, the three you mentioned th those three guys together cam taylor Britt, um mikhail uh, uh markel uh, uh and um De deontay they had a total of 143 tackles five tfls 14 pbus six interceptions and two block punts uh, so they're going to be missed. Uh, and then that leads us to, okay, who did, who did they go out and get? I think, thankfully for the transfer portal, there's a back door and there's a front door. The back door, yep. we talked about those guys who left the front door. Uh, so uh, Travis Fisher, he's in his fifth year as, uh, in that, uh, as the uh, secondary coach at Nebraska. But he got uh, – Tommy Hill uh, is an interesting guy. He's a cornerback from – Arizona State last year, uh, he played in 11 games. And, uh, you know, these, these numbers aren't, they don't stand out. He had nine tackles and he returned four kickoffs for 79 yards. That's not, those aren't overwhelming or knock your socks off stats. But, but uh, potentially, I think he probably has a, a chance to, uh, to improve his game. Uh, then they got, uh, uh, actually a, a, a transfer from uh, Northern Iowa. He was playing uh, an FCS school. Uh, Omar played in 29 games through three seasons. Uh, we had 140 tackles, 13 PBUs and eight interceptions. And now that's playing in an FCS, you know, program. I get that. Uh, and then uh, Fisher went out and got uh, Javier Morton. And he's a transfer from uh, the JUCO transfer from Garden City Community College. He played in nine games uh, for Garden City last year with 20 tackles, has a sack, a couple of pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. So, I mean, does this translate into the Big Ten? I have no idea. But they yeah. got some players with some experience. I don't – a lot of cases, the the, the – uh, differences between an FCS and an FBS player aren't that 
you know, big. You, you look at Samari Torre from last year. He was playing for Montana uh, a year before that, and he came in and almost had a thousand yard season. So I don't necessarily discount anything. It's you know, it's he was a JUCO player, and then they they get uh, I don't know if it's Kane Williams or Kayani. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, but he's a kid from Alabama, and he played. You know, okay, you play it. You play a powerhouse like Alabama, you're not going to probably play a lot and you know because you got to wait in line. And he played in uh, parts of a couple of seasons for the Tide. He had 10 interceptions. That's not too shabby. So we'll have to wait to see what these guys are going to do, the, the, new, the new players. Uh, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Will. Yeah, no, I mean – as you said, the Omar Brown thing, I don't know. And, and with Javier Martin, I don't know how much those will transfer because it is an FCS and a Juco level Uh, for what it's worth. Omar Brown was named FCS freshman of the year uh, last year. So that, uh, or sorry, two years ago. Yeah. um, Cause he's a junior this year. So uh, he has potential. uh, And I, I haven't watched too much game film of him at Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa was getting better at one recruiting and two on the field uh, recently in the FCS. So he's playing better teams are playing deep into the FCS playoffs uh, for the most part. I think like this year, they got third round. I could be wrong. I don't follow FCS that much. So uh, I could be totally wrong. I have no clue, but um, yeah, he, he's, he could be a big piece of this Nebraska cornerback core. uh, If, this if his level of play translates at least 75 percent of it translates to the big 10 he'll still be pretty good uh and set for the big 10 defensively and for nebraska as a solid cornerback uh tommy hill i hadn't really heard that name uh before uh he came to nebraska so um as you said i think he he didn't really have too great of numbers, but uh, he's only a sophomore, so he can really only grow. Uh, and that's that's the plus side from Nebraska. And then uh, Kyan Williams, or however you pronounce his yeah. first name, we'll have to look at that for uh, when the season. But uh, he, I think he will have the experience and learning ability necessary to become a, like a star in this Nebraska defense. He's only a retro freshman. If you redshirt a year at Alabama, that is probably the best learning experience you can get uh, just because Alabama's defense has been dominant for so long. Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches ever to coach uh, yep. pro or college. So just learn. I, I hope that he learned and just soaked in information uh, during his redshirt season, which I imagine he did. Um, and then he'll, he'll, he'll play it out with Nebraska, hopefully this year and keep growing under uh, Travis Fisher. So. Yeah. So what do you what do you look for the players that are already on the roster? We picked up a couple of transfers in the JUCO transfer. What do you look for? Some you know the players already on the team. So right now the peop, the the guys that are standing out to me, uh, we'll start with the cornerback room. Quentin Newsom is probably he's the most experienced one in there. Uh, he had. 57 tackles, two TFLs, and four PBUs last year. He started in all 12 games. He's a junior, so hopefully he'll be around for another year uh, after this year to learn even more before he gets hopefully drafted in the NFL. 
Um, but he's going to be kind of the leader of that cornerback room. He can hopefully bring in Tommy Hill and Omar Brown. Omar hopefully can help Quentin kind of run that room and be leaders there because they have the most experience by far over all these guys. Now, the only one that would be close would be Braxton Clark, but he was injured in 2020. He played in all 12 games, but again, uh, you had Cam Taylor Britt kind of splitting time with you uh, along with Quentin Newsom. So um, I don't know how experienced he is. He doesn't have his numbers aren't super eye popping, um, but for that's, that's, that's my guy for cornerbacks for safeties. Uh, there's not really a lot of experience coming in uh, as far as what I can see. You have a lot of young guys. Miles Farmer uh, is probably the best safety that we kept. Uh, he, uh, only he played in 12 games. Uh, he played in the final four at safety. So he also played some cornerback or outside linebacker. I forget which it was. I think it was cornerback, uh, for, for those first eight games, but he, he only has four games of experience at safety. The, the guy that I'm looking at is Noah Pola Gates, uh, who I had heard a lot about two years ago when we recruited him and brought him to Nebraska. And there was a lot of hype around him as to how good he was. And then I remember watching Nebraska football this year and I didn't, I don't remember seeing him at all. Right. Uh, He played special teams mostly, which is, it makes sense. He was a freshman, so they're not going to start him right away, really, unless you're super good, but he can make hits. He can break up passes during the spring game. I thought he had a really great spring game, especially in that second half where they let him tackle uh, and, and get more physical. Um, but I think that he could be, he could either have learned a lot last year. And I think he did. Uh, he could, it, it seems to me like from the spring game, he did. Uh, it's just how he's going to apply that. And if he's going to get a shot, uh, I think they should give him a shot from, from what I've seen that he's kind of the, he's, he's the guy that he's the next guy up basically after miles farmer in that room. Uh, and maybe Deshaun Singleton, who uh, transferred in from uh, a community college in Kansas. Um, so he he's kind of the next guy up in that room. They're, they're all sophomores in that room. So And, and then you had Kyan Williams, who's a redshirt freshman. So that room is going to – the safeties are going to get progressively better through the season. So whatever we see in that first game against Northwestern on the 27th of August, don't immediately judge the safeties – of being bad and just saying like, Oh no, we can't have any top cover on the defense. It's going to take a little bit. Cause these guys are all young. I get that the learning curve is steep, especially in the big 10 uh, and especially at a place like Nebraska, but Travis Fisher's doing the best he can with these guys. This defense has a tradition. They know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, just look at Cam Taylor, Britt, Deontay Williams, both went into the NFL. Dismuke probably could have, I don't know why, uh, or what happened to him, as I said. Um, but yeah, I, these guys are going to get much better. Uh, and then for the defensive backs, I don't really look at too much. Probably Javier Morton is probably going to be the guy there. But uh, again, as I said, I think I kind of group in the defensive backs with the cornerbacks. Uh, I don't know what the difference is. I need to learn that. Uh, so maybe, maybe by next week I'll learn that. But I did have one question for you, Grandpa, about Isaac Gifford. Uh, yeah. So he is Luke Gifford's brother is that correct who also played it yes so isaac played the last the final four games at nickelback um 
which is, I guess that's a kind that's a special package player. Um, but do you, do you think he has enough experience playing in the secondary or do you think that they're going to try to transition him into a linebacker like his brother was? That's a good question. Uh, he's six one two oh five. That that'd be kind of a small back linebacker. Um, yeah, but I mean, he can bulk up though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just a sophomore, uh, as you said. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that's, uh, that could be. I, I in going back to our earlier conversation, some of these guys get switched around. Um, you look at the 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 uh, just the size of these guys, and he's figure, well, what's the difference between if you're 6'1", 190, and you're a cornerback, you could be 6'1", 190, you could be a safety, you could yep. be a, a, a defensive back. And I think a lot of times those players do get, get uh, you know, it's like an offensive lineman. They can play guard, center, both guard spots, center. Yeah. Um, tackles not so much, but uh, – Going back to when you were talking about the cornerbacks, Tyreek Johnson, I don't know if you remember him. He was a five-star player who transferred from Ohio State. And he played – last year he played in only two games for the Huskers. And I don't know why that is if he was injured. I don't know what the situation was. But I would think with that kind of uh, pedigree coming from Ohio State, a five-star yeah. player. Uh, and, and, again, it that would be a question I'll have to make to some of the coaches and just see what uh, – too bad we didn't ask uh, uh, Mickey uh, Mickey when uh, we saw him last week. Um, it'd just be interesting because, again, Nebraska gets five-star players. We don't get a ton of them. But uh, what? how come he played in just only two games last year's? You know, yeah, that is kind of weird. He does seem a little bit small. He's only 190. So maybe they just thought that he would hurt himself too much or something like that. And they just were trying to get him to gain weight or something like that. I don't know, but that is weird. You usually, you would play a five-star recruit from a pedigree from a, such a prestigious program like Ohio state in his first year, Uh, especially uh, maybe it's just that Nebraska didn't really need him that much. And they just want to develop him. And uh, he maybe Ohio state's defensive backs and cornerbacks play so much differently from Nebraska's that, there needs to be an extensive like retraining kind of thing. I don't know, but yeah. uh, it's all, we're just speculating right now. So, uh, but hopefully he plays more this year uh, and we get to see what yeah. he actually can do because we didn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. see that last year. Exactly. So. Um, um, and then defensive backs, so you have Marquez Buford, uh, who's a junior and uh, he's from DeSoto, Texas. He played every game last year, maybe on special teams. And if, you know, the special teams, if they keep developing that under Coach Bush, you know, these guys are going to be having to uh, up their game. And it's going to be interesting to see. And I think it's not an if, but a when it happens, uh, that you're going to hear a lot more from some of these players who have been on special teams. And our special teams have been so poor, these guys don't get much recognition. Um, but I, yeah, this might be the year that they break loose. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think that these guys can definitely make a, a, a big impact. Both the guys that don't start for Nebraska, they can make a big impact on special teams. And then the guys that do end up starting, there's a lot of potential here. This is That's what I like about this, uh, the, the secondary. There's a lot of potential here. We talked about linebackers last week. There's a lot of experience there. There's yeah. a lot of experience on the defensive line. There's a lot of potential here. 
So you have to use that correctly. And I think that uh, coach Fisher is going to be able to do that. You have a few guys with experience. They have to take leadership roles in this, uh, in the secondary room and teach all these younger guys, the tradition of Nebraska, how the, 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 the mentality. And I think this is a great year to kind of, reprogram the mentality of Nebraska football and the we're coming at you. We don't care uh, what team you are. We're going to hit you in the mouth over and over and over for four quarters. So this is a great year to do that. Uh, They have, I think they can definitely do that, but uh, yeah, I I have nothing else on this secondary room. If you have anything. Who do you you have, or what did you get a chance to look at the, just the freshmen and redshirt freshmen who are already in the program most of them don't have much playing time, but anybody yeah. stand out there that uh, you think might uh, be a future star? Uh, I think Gage Stanger from Omaha. We talked, I, I forget if we talked about him on the podcast or uh, we just talked you and me before we had the podcast uh, about him, but I think he has a lot of upside uh, from Nebraska. So he's got that. He, he knows what Nebraska football is like. He's seen the black shirts play for, I mean, he's probably 19 or so. He's probably watched him for a good majority of his life. Uh, and I, I think that he can definitely be developed into a talent based off what I've seen from him uh, in his high school tape. Uh, yeah, he was a quarterback in high school. So and he was recruited not to play quarterback, but to uh, it'd yeah. be interesting to see where he ends up. Maybe the kid has another growth spurt in him and who knows. Um, the other The other one I look at, and, and this is not a lineup deep in experience, as you can imagine, freshman, yeah. redshirt freshman. But Michael Booker the third, his his dad won two national championships at, at Nebraska, uh, son of Michael Booker. Um, you know, the, the genes, let's hope it produces another uh, great defensive back and uh, and Michael. I, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm going to be watching him just to see how he progresses and what kind of role he uh, plays not only this fall, but uh, years to come. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. I have nothing else in the secondary room. If you're all good. I don't either. All next, right. Next week is going to be what special teams. That, that'll so, end this. That'll end yep. So this, that's we our last one in our series of previews here. Uh, and then we really have almost a, basically a month until the season starts. I know it. We so, have a bunch of guests lined up. I hope we can get them all in. Yeah. Uh, so after the special teams uh, episode, I'm going to try and contact Tommy Armstrong, see if he would like to come on um, maybe the week after that. Uh, and then we're going to, we're trying our best to get Tom Osborne on here so we can talk about, because he was the last Nebraska coach to coach uh, a game that was played overseas in Japan against Kansas state uh, in the eighties. So um I think that it was 91 or, or sorry, 91. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're trying to get some guests lined up so we can keep some great interviews coming out to you guys before the season starts. Um, but other than that, uh, we will be back next week with special teams and uh, make sure to tell your friends, tell everyone on the street about the, about the podcast. And uh, thank you guys again. For, uh, sure. You can tell your enemies. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, um, but 
thank you so much for downloading the podcast as always we had over 100 downloads on the last episode again you guys are absolutely amazing uh that that means a lot to us and uh as i as i always say or as i usually say because sometimes i forget but uh this this podcast is your guys is not ours because if if you guys aren't listening then there's no point in us doing this because no one's taking enjoyment from it so uh we love to hear from you guys if you have any questions for us so you can send those on in to wrsw podcast at gmail.com uh and it, wherever you're listening make sure to leave a five-star review if you can that would be awesome that helps us helps more people find the show so we can grow the community um and uh yeah that's that's all i have so we will be back next week with special teams and as always go big red <laughs>